Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. This is a special bonus report on Season 7 of Jury Duty as we cover the retrial of Danny Masterson on sexual assault charges. On today's episode, we present our conversation with blogger Tony Ortega about verdicts in the Masterson retrial. That's all coming up right after the break. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Before we begin this episode, a quick word about two other Crime Story Media productions. October 2014. Was David Martinez responsible for killing Pomona SWAT officer Sean Diamond? That's at the heart of Night Raid, a new podcast from Crime Story Media. Subscribe or follow wherever you get this podcast. Also, join us on this feed for Jury Duty Season 8, The Trial of Alex Murdoch. And now, Jury Duty continues its coverage of Danny Masterson's retrial with another in our series of conversations between Jury Duty creator Carrie Antholis and underground bunker blogger Tony Ortega. On today's episode, we present a conversation between Carrie and Tony about the jury's verdicts in the Masterson retrial. And here is that chat. Tony Ortega, thank you again for joining us. You bet, Carrie. Glad to be here. So, Tony, obviously we have a verdict to report, but before we get into that, would you take us through what has been happening since the closing arguments in the trial? Yeah, sure. So this jury has deliberated more than twice as long as the jury in the first trial back in November did. And also, they only asked a couple of questions. They've been quiet for days, which has made us wonder what's going on. And the questions they did ask, they asked for a video to be played back during the first week. And then they asked for testimony to be read back in the second week. And they were both about the same issue. And that was Jane Doe 3 and her interview by an LAPD detective in 2017. It seemed pretty obvious that they were wrestling with this issue where Jane Doe 3 was the person who had been in a relationship with Danny Masterson for six years and then had gone to the Church of Scientology and ultimately the police based on this incident from December 2001 where she said she was attacked while she was asleep. But then eventually the district attorney charged Masterson on something else and that was a November 2001 incident where she had was on top of her. She pulled his hair to get him 
off of her. This was also a confusing issue for the first jury. And I think just the fact that you had these two different incidents, she was really, you know, going to the police on the second one, but it was the first one that was the charge. This was difficult for the jury. And so it didn't surprise me too much that they were asking about it, but they weren't asking about the other two, Carrie. And I think that's what we were all wondering. I heard from a lot of people who speculated that the jury had already settled on counts for Jane Doe 1 and Jane Doe 2, and they were just stuck on date Jane Doe 3. Those people turned out to be correct. I wasn't sure what to think. I was still kind of, you know, thinking about what had happened the first time when they couldn't find, you know, unanimous verdicts on any of the three. That's all we had to go on over the last couple of weeks, where they, they kept asking questions about Jane Doe 3, and otherwise they were just very quiet and, and doing their work. So it, it seemed like they were really doing their job and looking hard at the evidence. And I had said, I think, multiple times, I thought it was a good thing that they weren't asking a lot of questions, that that suggested they were making some progress. So take us into today, set the scene for us and take us through what happened this morning. Yeah, so after um, Friday, when, which was another full day when we didn't hear a thing from the jury, then we had four days off because it was not just the Memorial Day weekend, but also Tuesday, there was no work because one of the jurors had an obligation or something. So four days. And the first thing I wondered is, do we even have a jury still? Maybe one of them got sick over the weekend or something. So that was one thing I was I was interested in this morning just to make sure we had a jury. But the other immediate thing that there were more reporters this time than usual because we were all very interested in this evidentiary hearing. At some point, I think even before the first trial, the discovery material that the prosecutors had to turn over to the defense, which is a lot of police reports and emails and text messages and photographs, that was all turned over to the defense. And recently we found out it ended up in the hands of the Church of Scientology. And this really concerned the judge and the DA. And so they had set a hearing this morning to try to get to the bottom of that leak. And so it was really interesting to me this morning to see that not only were the principal attorneys all there for the two sides, but Denny Masterson's previous legal team of Tom Mesro and Sharon Applebaum were there and they had attorneys with them. So <laughs> I thought that was really interesting, Carrie. When attorneys have to get attorneys, you know that things are getting pretty serious. But they just decided that um, the judge said that since the jury was still deliberating, they thought it was probably best to wait on the evidentiary hearing. And so they put it back a week. And so next Wednesday morning at 8.30 on June 7th, these folks will all be back. The prosecutors, the defense attorneys, and the previous defense attorneys, Tom Mesro and Sharon Applebaum. And I think it's going to be a very interesting hearing to try to get to the bottom of how this really important evidence got leaked to Scientology. And around what time this morning did that all go down? That was first thing. That was 8.30 this morning. Everyone was in court. They were done with that by wasn't even nine o'clock. And so then I asked the clerk if the jury was there deliberating. He said that one of the jurors was late. We finally heard the buzz from the jury to indicate that they had started their deliberations today a little after 10 a.m. So we kind of settled back into, you know, the waiting game. There were, I don't know, three or four reporters sitting there in the back row. And then it was about 50 minutes later, almost 11 a.m., the jury gave us this double buzz, right? which indicates that they might have a question. When that happened, Carrie, the clerk and the bailiff weren't there. It was just us reporters. <laughs> I actually had to inform the clerk when he came in that the jury was buzzing. So he went back there to find out what it was. And when he came back, he was acting strangely. And we asked him, well, 
does the jury have a question? And he said, they don't have a question yet. And I was like, what does that mean? That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. So then we heard another double buzz. The clerk came out this time and said, okay, the attorneys are going to get here at 1.30 and then we'll hear the question. And then to another reporter, he actually said something like, you want to be here at 1.30. And that's when I knew there was something big going on. We went to lunch. We were all trying to figure it out. I have to say, I, I thought maybe they were going to be indicating they were hung. Because again, I'm just thinking about what had happened last trial. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. We resume the conversation between Carrie and Tholis and Tony Ortega with Tony's description of what happened in the Masterson Trials courtroom after the lunch break on Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. After the lunch break, hallway became very crowded with people that wanted to see what was going on. And now we saw the Masterson crew. And I have to say, Carrie, they seem buoyant. I, I got the feeling that Either they thought it was going to be a hung jury or they knew there were verdicts and they were just putting on a good show because they just seemed like, you know, oh, today's a good day. So it took a while. We finally got into the courtroom. It was packed and the judge didn't have the jury out yet, but the judge said we had gotten a note from the jury, which says they have reached verdicts on two counts and they are hung on the third. And as soon as I heard that, I thought, you know what? All those people who have been telling me that for days, they were right. They were right. And so she didn't wait. She brought the jury right out, confirmed with them that that was a situation, asked them for the verdict forms on the first two counts, took a look at them, gave it to the clerk, and the clerk read them out. Count one, which is Jane Doe one, guilty. Count two, which is Jane Doe two, guilty. And at that point, I heard this otherworldly wail. Uh, it was Bijou Phillips, Danny Masterson's wife. She's sitting maybe 10 feet in front of me and she just begins wailing and crying. The judge asked her if she could keep her composure in the courtroom and she settled down. And then the judge quizzed the jury about the hung third count. And we learned that they were stuck at eight for guilty, four for acquittal. And the judge asked them for a little history on that. And they said that at one point it was five for guilty, then seven, then eight. And then they felt they just couldn't get any more a change after that. And so the judge then asked the attorneys, is there any reason why I shouldn't declare a mistrial on the third count? And they said, no. I have seen people asking me, Carrie, will there be a retrial on the third count? I can tell you absolutely not. These district attorneys brought three counts knowing that they needed two. They got the two. They're not going to, the third one is just, they just didn't get. But because of the law that they're charging him under, this California one strike law, not only did the jury find Danny guilty on those first two counts, but they also checked the yes box that they are, you know, multiple violent crimes under the one strike law. And so he's looking at 30 years to life in prison. Tony, can you take us through the two counts on which he was convicted and synopsize the circumstances of each of those counts? 
Sure. So count one, Jane Doe one was a woman who knew Danny socially and was part of a tight group of Scientologists, which included Lisa Marie Presley. And in September 2002, she had been out drinking with Danny Masterson. They had a sexual encounter. It caused some tension in their group. She, Jane Doe one has admitted that in the years since she has seen that as less than consensual. But the real incident that the case was about occurred about six months later in April 2002. She had gone over to his house for complex reasons. She was trying to get some keys. She was supposed to take a friend to the airport in the morning. She really wasn't there to be part of the party that was going on at his house. But she alleged that Danny had given her this drink, vodka drink, that soon after made her feel suspiciously intoxicated toward the point where she was losing vision. She couldn't breathe properly. He had tossed her into a jacuzzi. And then later he had taken her up to his bathroom, stuck a finger down her throat so she could throw up, put her in a shower, then took her to his bedroom and attacked her. And she described this vicious, violent attack where she tried to fend him off at one point. He stuffed a pillow in her face and suffocated her so she passed out. And at one point put his hand on her throat. She claimed that he had also brandished a gun. And this was the thing that I think was the biggest question in her case. Because this was the only of the three women who did go to the LAPD in a timely fashion. And only a year later, in June 2004, she defied Scientology which told them not to discuss these cases. And they went. she went to the LAPD. But in both of the first two reports by one officer and then another detective, there was no mention of a gun. So that was the big sort of contention in her case that if she's saying there was a gun, why is there no record of it? Also that she said she had then gone to Florida on family vacation and bruising had showed up on her, but photographs of her from that time didn't show bruising. So there were some things that we knew the jury was going to have to wrestle with on her case. But that, you know, she did have a cousin who she talked to at the time who she described the incident to and, you know, just really brutal details about what she had gone through at that event. Jane Doe, too, was a Scientologist actress who also knew Danny socially and they had gone to a bar together in like October 2003 and then Danny had gotten her number and was texting her in an aggressive way, come over, you're going to come over to my house, you're going to get in my jacuzzi. She had said that she thought this was an odd way of flirting. She she agreed to go, but she laid down uh, boundaries, saying she did not want to get in his pool. She wasn't going to be taking off her clothes. She just wanted to have a glass of wine and talk. And that he had given her a glass of wine. And like with Jane Doe 1, she then felt suspiciously intoxicated, also losing vision and feeling really nauseous. And they ended up in the, in the jacuzzi. She wasn't sure how. And then back in his bedroom, and she talked about, you know, the allowing a certain amount of kissing and that kind of thing. But that at some point he had just like flipped her over and attacked her. And she described a really brutal attack and that it was so violent she had thrown up in her mouth. So of the three, this was maybe the most vivid of the attacks and just really hard to listen to in court. Also, she seemed to be a very thoughtful person and very, very sensitive person. I have always felt that her case was probably the one that would be most likely to be a conviction because of the details of that attack. But those were the two counts that did come back with guilty. And take us through what happened after the verdicts were read. So then, you know, a big question is, 
a guy with a lot of money and good attorneys on a $3.3 million bond. There had always been a question I talked to with other you know, observers about whether he would be taken into custody right away if he was found guilty. And a lot of people told me they really felt that he would be able to stay out on bail at least until sentencing. But I talked to a veteran reporter there at the court the other day, and she said, no way. With this kind of... Uh, crimes alleged he will be taken into custody right away and he was judge Olmedo said that based on the nature of the crimes that she was remanding him immediately Masterson stood up a bailiff handcuffed him and then but she allowed the defense attorney first to argue about whether to remand him immediately or not and uh, defense attorney Philip Cohen talked about how long it's been since these incidents that clearly you know he was a different age then than he is now that he's not dangerous also that they could do some sort of electronic monitoring or house arrest. But Judge Omedo just said, you know, nature of the crime and that he's a flight risk. And so she had him remanded and the deputies led him away. And Bijou Phillips was crying. And then the gallery, you know, the, the jury had left, the gallery filed out. And then I stayed back for a little while. It was just the Masterson group. They were very upset. And then eventually the dep deputies asked us reporters to leave the room. So that's it. I mean, I, I know other reporters were trying to get some word from the DA or the defense attorney or the jurors. But but I just decided to go on outside the courtroom and make a little video. And uh, boy, I tell you what, Carrie, what a what a day seeing Danny Masterson handcuffed and led away. And when will his sentencing be, Tony? You know, they didn't talk about a sentencing. She talked about that the defense would want to file motions. And she asked Cohen, when did he want to do that? And Cohen said August 4th. I was a little surprised that... They're going to take that long, but I guess he needs to write some kind of a motion. I'm sure they're going to try to have the conviction thrown out in some way or another. So Danny's cooling his heels to at least August 4th, but they did not talk about a sentencing yet. I think she wants to get these motions done first. I mean, the immediate thing is this evidentiary hearing about Scientology is going to take place in a week, but then uh, nothing until August 4th. How, in your view, does Danny Masterson's conviction affect the civil trial by the Jane Doe's in this case and the additional Jane Doe who's part of that civil case? Right. The three Jane Doe's plus a fourth woman and a husband of one of the Jane Doe's, those five people have sued Danny Masterson, the Church of Scientology, and the leader of Scientology, David Miscavige, not over these sexual assaults, but over the harassment they say they have been through since these women came forward to the police. It's a harassment case. They're alleging things like their phones being hacked, their pets being poisoned, that kind of thing. And it's been that case has been on hold, waiting for the trial to be done. So now it's time for the civil case to get going again. The Church of Scientology has already said the next thing it's going to do in that case is file an anti-slap motion. That will probably take some time to, to get adjudicated. But uh, yeah, the focus now shifts to that case. And I would think a criminal conviction will very much help these women in that case. Tony Ortega, thank you so much for joining us for all of your reporting on this case. It's been an immense contribution to the public knowledge. Why don't you tell folks where they can find you once again? Please sign up for free emails at tonyortega.substack.com. Of course, we're going to keep watching this case with the evidentiary hearing, the civil case. There's still a lot of work to do, Carrie, and I really appreciate the uh, the light you've shown on my, uh, my reporting. Well, the feeling's mutual, Tony. Thank you so much again. And safe travels back to New York. Thank you very much. And with that, we conclude this bonus episode of Jury Duty, the retrial of Danny Masterson. 
You can find Tony Ortega's email list at tonyortega.substack.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at TonyOrtega94. We will present another special bonus episode of Jury Duty after the sentencing of Danny Masterson, and tune in to Season 8 of Jury Duty, covering the trial of Alex Murdoch for the murders of his wife and son. We will debut Episode 6 of Season 8 tomorrow on this feed. Also, check out the Crime Story Media podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.